0: Good evening, how are y'all? Good. Forgive me, I have a cough drop in my mouth. I've been coughing lately. So uh, hopefully I'll not not uh, be a distraction tonight. We're going to be uh, looking at Ephesians chapter 6, finishing the series on the um, armor of, of God, and looking especially at verse 18 tonight. Um, if you would, let's pray before we, before we get, begin. Father God, we are uh, thankful tonight that we can come into your presence and, and and come into your house as your people. And God, we admit right now that that's only because of what you've done for us in Christ. God, only uh, because He died for us, took our sins um, upon Himself, and 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 has has paid the penalty for those. And Father, only because you um, have then after that sent people to tell us about the gospel, and you have. Um, called us to believe in your Son. And so, God, we are um, thankful for that. God, I pray tonight if there are um, people here, Father, if, there, if there's anyone here tonight who that's not the case, who Jesus is not their shepherd and they're not his sheep, then, God, I pray that that um, that your word would, would, would be calling them, your spirit using your word, Father, would be calling them to yourself tonight. God, I pray that your word would be clear. I pray that your... Um, that your word would, would go forth and, and be fruitful tonight, Father, would your Holy Spirit be here among us, working in our lives, working in our hearts, through your word, and Father, might we gain a new perspective, a, maybe a, a, a little bit clearer, deeper perspective on on what prayer is, and how prayer works, and why we should pray, and all of those kind of things tonight. God, we thank you so much for Christ, and pray these things in his name, amen. In uh, Ephesians six, Josh already read verses ten through eighteen. Um, we see there the, uh, the 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 armor of God, the different pieces of armor. We've talked about those over the last several weeks. Um, and then this last one, verse eighteen, there, there's even some question of, of how does this relate to the others. Verse eighteen says, um, "Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert to all with all perseverance, making supplication for all." The saints and so there 's even some question here because all the other pieces of armor um, Paul relates them to different pieces of armor right the the gospels are like the the shoes that the that the Roman warrior wore, and the, the the word is like the sword that he carried, and the faith is like the shield that he had and and salvation is like his helmet, and the the breastplate is like his um, or I'm sorry, his righteousness is like the breastplate that the Roman soldier had, and, and the believers, uh, the truth for the believers is like the belt that the Roman soldier had. But when it comes to prayer, there, there's nothing like that. He doesn't, he doesn't take a piece of the armor and say, um, and, and, and praying with, the, with, with whatever piece of armor he might he might come up with. And I think that's because prayer is, is to be in, intermingled with all of them. I think prayer is the foundation of all of them. And I think prayer goes back to verse 10 um, and we'll see that in a second. I think prayer goes back to verse ten, and and kind of includes um, all of those in, in in like a neat neat package, a neat envelope, you, you might say. Uh, one one commentator, Clinton Arnold, he, he 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 writes about this, and he says, at the heart of spiritual warfare is prayer. At the heart of spiritual war prayer warfare is prayer. All of the other weapons are wielded with prayer. All the other weapons are wielded with prayer. Look back at verse ten. Verse ten says. Finally, be strong, okay, but it doesn't just say be strong. He says be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God, right? In the strength of God's might put on the whole armor of God. So when we use the the, 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 the word that's like a sword, we don't, we don't use that in our own strength, but we use it in the strength of, of God. When we rely on on faith or as a shield, we don't, we don't do that in our own strength, but we do that through the strength of of God, The same thing with the helmet of salvation, the same thing with the breastplate of righteousness, with all the different pieces of armor, it's not us doing it in our own power, not us doing it in our own strength, but it's us using these things that God has given us through his power, through his strength. And, and, and the way that we obtain that power, the way that we connect with that strength is through prayer. And so prayer is intermingled with all the different pieces of armor. Prayer is, is how we use the pieces of armor is we use them by prayer, we use them through prayer, we use them in, in prayer. Curtis Bond, another commentator, says, he says, prayer is the means by which the Christian takes his stand and in the spirit, um, or I'm sorry, prayer is the means by which the Christian takes his stand and is the spirit or the temper in which he confronts the enemy and puts him to flight. So, how do we take our stand? We take our stand using these weapons that God's given us, but using those weapons through prayer. And prayer is the temper. Prayer is, he says, the spirit in which we confront the enemy, right? The, the whole issue here at the end of, of Ephesians chapter 6 or the middle of Ephesians chapter 6, the whole issue is spiritual warfare. And so there really are spirits. There really are spiritual forces that really are attacking us. And, and, and it really is a battle. It's a real war. It's a real battle that we're, that we're experiencing, a real battle that we're involved in. And it's a real fight that we have. And he's given us these real um, weapons that, that really work against them. And it works through prayer. Prayer is the way that that, that we do this. Okay? And so what I, what I want us to look at tonight from verse 18 is um, four instructions to prayer. Four instructions to prayer. Four, um, four ways that we pray, you might say, but, but four instructions for prayer. Two of these instructions answer the question of how do we pray? The first one and the, I'm sorry, the, the second one and the third one answer the question how do we pray? And then the first one and the fourth one answer the question when do we pray? Okay, so two of these instructions tell us when to pray, and two of these instructions tell us how to pray. And so the first one tells us, answers the question of of when we should pray. He says at the very beginning of verse 18, praying at all times. Praying at all times. Another way to to say this might be to to, to pray without ceasing. Okay, flip back to Ephesians chapter 1, if you will. Verse 16, Paul talks about himself, himself praying for the Ephesians. And he says in verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I do not cease to give thanks for you. This is the same word that he uses when he says to pray at all times. Here, Paul says he prays without ceasing. Again, in Colossians 1.9, Colossians he, he says the, the same thing. 1.9. And so from, day, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Paul says, I've not ceased to pray for you from the very moment, uh, the very day that I heard of your faith in in Christ. And then we can flip to um, to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. And this is a command where Paul's talking to the the believers at this this church. And he says in verse 16, Rejoice always. Verse 17, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing or pray um, always. With all prayer. And, and I think what Paul's getting at here is he's saying, I think what he's saying is pray at every opportunity. Pray every chance you have. Always be in a, in a mindset of prayer. Always be in a, in, a, in a spirit of prayer. Pray at every opportunity. Pray in or during all times. I think what he's getting at is there should never be a moment in the Christian's life. There should never be a situation in the Christian's life when, when he's outside the availability of prayer. There should never be any time in our life when we're doing something that, that, that prevents us from praying. Where we say, well, well, I, I pray in the mornings or I pray at night or I pray at certain times during the day when I eat meals or, or whatever it might be. I pray when I go to church. I pray on Wednesday nights when we have group prayer together, whatever it might be. And, and then I pray during the day at certain times, but, but there's sometimes during the day when I, when I can't pray. When I'm doing something else, when I'm working or when I'm uh, when I'm doing whatever it might be. And and, and during those situations, I can't pray nothing. There should be no time of day. There should be no part of the day. There should be no activity that we're involved in that excludes us from prayer. Peter O'Brien, another good commentator. He says believers are to pray continually because their struggle with the powers of darkness is never ending. Their struggle with the power of darkness is never ending. The, 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 The warfare is always going on. The warfare never stops. The, the, the enemy, the attacker, is always attacking. And so we should always be willing to pray, be ready to pray. We should always be praying in every situation. That doesn't mean that we're constantly 24 hours a day, seven days a week praying. It's not that we don't go to sleep because we're busy praying. But it's that at every moment of our day, we're available to pray. <coughs> Nothing in our life prevents us from prayer. Nothing in our life stops us from prayer. There was a, a man in the history of the church named George Mueller... If you haven't heard of him, he's a, he's, he's a, great, um, a, a great person to, to look up and, and read about and, and, and see some things that he said. He was, he li- he was alive during the 1800s. He, he ran an orphanage in England, um, and, and he's known for praying. He has, he has a couple journals that are, that are available. You can get his autobiography that, that he wrote, and there have been some other biographies written about him. Um, but, but he cataloged all the different times that he prayed and all the different times that God answered his prayers what he's kind of famous for and known for is he ran this orphanage and he never asked a single person for money or for anything, ever. If if there was a need in the orphanage, he would just pray for it. And every single time, God answered his prayer. Every single time, God answered the prayer that he he prayed. And and listen to what he says here. We're going to read another quote from him in a moment, but listen to this one. He says, I live in the spirit of prayer. I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about when I lie down, and when I rise up. And the answers are always coming. Thousands and ten thousands of times have my prayers been answered. But he says, I, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about. I pray as I lie down. I pray as I, as I get up. And he said, I'm always in the spirit of prayer. I'm always, I'm always ready to pray. I'm always in, in a constant conversation with God. And this is what Paul is calling us to here. Pray at all times. Pray at all times. Pray at all times. He also says um, next, he says to that we are to be praying in the spirit, pray at all times, always in a in a in a constant, um, a constant um, situation of prayer, a constant spirit of prayer, a constant availability of of prayer. And then secondly, he says that we should be praying in the spirit or praying by the spirit. OK, well, what does this mean? Well, I don't think it means some some type of mystical experience. Okay, there, there's some that, that might would say that, but I don't think that's what it means. I, I think it really means a couple of things. I, I think, first of all, it means that we should pray in accordance with what the Spirit desires. Our prayers should be in accordance with what the Spirit desires, not necessarily what we might desire. But our prayers are in accordance with what the Spirit. Our, our prayers are in agreement with what the, what the Spirit desires. Our prayers are in agreement with what, with what Jesus desires. Jesus even told us if we pray things in His name or by His authority, then, then those things will be, will be granted. And so we pray in the Spirit. We pray in accordance with or in agreement with what the Spirit might desire. How do we know what the Spirit might desire? Well, He's told us in His Word. He's spoken to us in the, in the Bible. We're not, we're not looking for some type of, of, of subjective or, or experiential um, revelation from God where God's speaking to us through our experiences or speaking to us in, in some other way. He speaks to us through the Bible. And so we know what God's desires are by what he's revealed to us in Scripture. And our prayers should be in accordance with that. Our prayers should line up with what he desires for us. Think, of, think about the way that you pray for a moment, and, and then think about the way that, that prayers are revealed in Scripture. Are, are, are they different? Are, are there things that, that, that the Bible has people praying for that you never pray for? Are there things that, that people in the Scripture pray about that you never pray about? Listen to, a, to just a few. We're not going to look at a lot of them. But just if you look at Acts chapter 4, listen, listen to this if you don't want to turn there. Acts chapter 4, this is right after Pentecost. Um, Peter and John have been, have been preaching and they get arrested. They go before the council. The council questions them. They, this is where the council tells them to stop preaching and they say, we must obey God, not, not man. Uh, but the council questions them. They, they beat them, tell them to stop preaching, and then let them go. Well, during this time, while this is happening, there's a group of believers that are gathered in this, in this place. And so when, when Peter and John get, when they get released, they go to, to meet up with these other, these other believers. And we see this in Acts chapter 4. This is where they're gathered together. And it says, um, verse 23, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. The chief priests and elders had just said, stop preaching. Or if you keep preaching, we're going to arrest you again. You'll get beaten again or something worse will happen to you. And so verse 24, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said to the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. And if we were praying, we might pray something like, Lord, look upon their threats and protect us. Look upon their threats and and, and cause them to come to nothing. Protect us from their threats. Let them not persecute us anymore. That's not what they said. Listen. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. They didn't pray for protection. That that doesn't mean that it's bad to pray for protection at all. I'm not saying that. It's not bad for us to pray that that things would go well with us. But what I'm saying is that that wasn't the focus. That wasn't the most important thing to to these believers in in the early church. Their most important thing was boldness, right? Why was that what they were focused on? I think it's because they realized they knew maybe more than we do sometimes that they were in a spiritual battle. It wasn't a physical battle. The, the, the most important thing to them wasn't what was going to happen to their bodies, whether they were going to get beaten again, whether they were going to be thrown in jail. The most important thing to them was this spiritual battle, this spiritual, spiritual fight that was going on. And so they prayed that, God, whatever happens to our bodies, whatever these people are able to do to us physically, God, please help us to be bold. Please help us to stand firm in the truth and please help us to, to, to resist uh, the temptation to reject what we know is true. Please help us to reject the, the temptation to stop preaching and stop proclaiming the truth of your word boldly. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul tells the, 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 the believers there what he's, what he's praying for them for. In verse 15 he says, uh, For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, And this is what he's remembering them in his prayers for, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. (coughs) Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he works in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above our rule and authority and power and dominion and it goes on from there I wonder when was the last time we prayed that someone would have a a, a knowledge of of Christ that someone would have a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him wonder when's the last time we prayed that someone would have their eyes um, their, the, the eyes of their hearts enlightened wonder when's the last time we prayed that, that someone a believer someone in the church that we know when's the last time we prayed that that they would that they would know what is the hope to which God has called them Right, he's talking to believers here. He's, he's praying for the people in the church. When was the last time that we prayed for people in our church this way? The last example is from Luke chapter um, 22. This is Jesus himself praying for his disciples, specifically Peter. Luke 22, verse 31. He says, Simon, Simon, uh, Simon's another name for Peter, same, same person. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. Listen to what Jesus prayed for him. Listen, he didn't pray. He didn't pray that Satan wouldn't attack him. He didn't pray that Satan wouldn't sift him like wheat. Right? Listen to what he prayed. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. That's how Jesus prayed for Peter. When was the last time, as we were going through our our prayer sheets, that we, that we have on, on Wednesday nights. When was the last time you took one of those out of your Bible and were praying through it, and, and you didn't just pray for someone who, who had a physical problem that was on the list, <coughs> but you also prayed that their faith wouldn't fail? When was the last time you prayed that someone's faith would be strengthened, that they would understand the knowledge of the truth even more deeply than they have before? When was the last time that, that you prayed that someone would, would, would find comfort in the knowledge of, uh, of Christ and, and, and find comfort in, in the knowledge of what he's done for them? I wonder, I wonder if we pray the way that we see people praying in, in Scripture. The first thing I think it means for us to pray um, in, in the Spirit or by the Spirit is, is that we pray in accordance with the Spirit. We pray the things that the Spirit prays. We pray the things that are revealed in, in Scripture. But then the second thing I think it means is that we pray by the power of the Spirit. We pray in accordance with the, what the Spirit wants, but we also pray by the power of the Spirit. We approach God through the power of His Holy Spirit. That's not something we do on our own. The Holy Spirit draws us into God's presence at the very beginning of our, uh, of our salvation as He's calling us to believe in Jesus, but then, but then through, through life as well, even as we already are Christians. The Holy Spirit is the one that, that's drawing us to, to Christ and that's and convicting us of sin and calling us to repent and calling us to, to confess that sin. The Holy Spirit's the one that's encouraging us with the truth of the gospel and, and calling us back to, back to, um, back to, to God. He draws us into God's presence. Uh, again, Clinton Arnold, he says, The Spirit stands by the side of believers to prompt them to pray, to direct them whom to pray for and how to pray, as well as to energize them in praying for themselves and for others. The Spirit does that. The Spirit calls us to pray. The Spirit, the Spirit brings people to mind that, that we pray for them. We know, we know of Scripture that says that, that, that even, even at times when we're so weak that we don't know how to pray, we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit prays for us, the Spirit intercedes for us. And so we pray at all times. We pray by the power of the Spirit, in the Spirit, by the power of the, of the Spirit. And then thirdly, he says in verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. He says that we're to pray with all prayer and supplication, with every kind of prayer, with every kind of request, every conceivable form of prayer. We should be praying in all kinds of different ways. Especially, he says, supplication. Especially, he says, request. Especially, request. And I think the reason he says that here in this context is we pray especially for for requests because the whole purpose of of, of this context is that, that we're praying for God to help us stand firm under the attacks of, uh, of the enemy, under the attacks of, of, of spiritual forces. And so we especially are called to, to, to put our request before God, relying on and trusting in his power to overcome these spiritual attacks and this spiritual enemy. Matthew Henry, a, a, a really good, faithful pastor from, from, from past generation, he says, we must pray with all prayer and supplication, with all kinds of prayer, Public prayer, private prayer, secret prayer, social prayer, solitary prayer, solemn prayer, sudden prayer. And then also, he says, with all parts of prayer confession of sin, petition for mercy, and thanksgivings for favors received. We should be praying all kinds of different types of prayers. And what that means is you're not always going to be able to stop. We're not always going to be able to stop what we're doing and, and, and pray like we just did a few minutes ago, where we take five or ten minutes and we, and we have a list of things we're praying for and, and we go through them detailed um, and, and pray exactly what was, what was asked to pray for. There's sometimes in our lives where we're just going to have, to have to really quickly say, God, please help me. God, please help me resist this. Or God, please do help with this. Or God, please do this. Or God, please bless this person in this way. There are other times where we can, where we can gather with, with other people, with other believers on a Wednesday night here at church or on Sunday mornings here at church with prayer partners or, or different times throughout the week maybe um, where we can gather with other Christian people and we can pray together. And that's really encouraging to, to, to me and I think it is to you also. That's really encouraging to us. But there, there are times when we can do that. There are other times when we can spend long amounts of time um, praying by ourselves privately in our, in our own homes. And then there are other times where we just have to very quickly um, very quickly pray a very short prayer, asking for help, asking for mercy, asking for strength, asking for someone else to be, to be strengthened. It's also good for us, I'll, I'll say this as well, this doesn't really fit in with the, with, the, with, with the point necessarily. It doesn't really fit in with any of the points, but let me say this. It's also really, really helpful, really, really encouraging to let people know that you're praying for them. I, I, can't, I can't say how encouraging it is for me to get a text message from someone from the church saying, I'm praying for you. And that happens pretty often, and it's almost always the same person. And I was really upset because, this, because she was, was, had, a, had something happen to her the other day, and I was thinking, all right, I'm going to get to pray for her. I'm going to get to text her and tell her I'm praying for her, and I forgot to. And so I was thinking, I, I could finally, finally pay her back, and then I, and then I couldn't. I, I forgot to do that. But, but that's really encouraging for someone to say, hey, I'm praying for you right now, or I just finished praying for you, and this is specifically what I prayed. Psalm whatever, or Proverbs whatever, or Ephesians, or whatever it was, that, that whatever scripture it was that, that prompted that prayer. That, that's so encouraging. So I, I encourage you and, and myself even to be better at, at doing that. We're called to pray at all times. We're called to pray um, in, in, in the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. We're called to pray with every kind of prayer and request and supplication. And then look at the last thing. We're going to spend a little bit of time on this last one. Look at this last thing. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then he says, to that end, or for that purpose, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Okay, I want to focus on a couple things here. Staying alert, perseverance, and especially all the saints. Clinton Arnold again, he says, if prayer is foundational to the deployment of all the armor— Okay, that's kind of, a long, kind of a long sentence with some big words. I'll say it again. If prayer is foundational, if it's the foundation to the deployment of all the armor, so we, we use all the, all the spiritual armor through prayer, then it's not simply a matter of individuals praying for themselves privately, but of Christians arming each other through prayer. Here's what that means. I have a responsibility to pray for you, and you have a responsibility to pray for me. And especially because we're all part of a church, and we've united ourselves together in that way, right? But also just simply because we're all believers. When Paul was calling, we're not going to continue reading the next couple of verses, but in verses 19, 20, 21, Paul especially calls them to pray for him and to pray for other believers in other parts of the, of the world that are, not, that are not part of the Ephesian church. Right, And so we're, we're, we should be faithful in praying for, for all, um, all types of, of other believers and, and, and believers in and all different parts of the world. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But especially we should be praying for one another. We're, we're, we've made ourselves a family. We've committed ourselves to one another. And so we should be faithful in praying for one another. He goes on, the, the, same, the same person, Clinton Arnold, he goes on and says, Paul apparently wants believers to feel a responsibility to pray for each other so that they can, start, uh, so that they can uh, start with purity and integrity before God by resisting the varied attacks of the evil one. God wants me to pray for you. And, and God doesn't just want me to pray that, that your test would go well. right? We should be praying for Miss Jetty, for her test to go well. I, I want to pray for that, that for her, and, and I'm going to pray that for her on, on Tuesday if I don't forget. But we shouldn't just be praying that, right? We, I should be praying that Miss Jetty is strengthened in her resistance to sin. I should be praying that 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 you all are, are 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 being encouraged by the by the word of God in your lives during the week. We should be praying for, for one another, not just the, these physical things that are good for us to pray for. We want to pray for those things, but above that, beyond that, even more importantly than those things, we should be praying for uh, for for this spiritual warfare that we're all involved in. And and, and I I I think I, I, I fear, and I think it's probably true. One of the reasons that we that we don't pray that way more it's probably because we don't realize that that's true, that that's really happening, that there really, there really is a spiritual war going on. We really are being attacked by spiritual forces all the time. And, and I, think it's, I think it's maybe because, we, because we, we doubt that to some extent or, or we don't think about it maybe uh, to some extent that, that we don't take that type of, of praying more seriously. He tells us to pray for all the saints, I wonder when was the last time that, that we prayed for, uh, for uh, believers in, in another part of the world that are being persecuted for some reason. I, I looked today, this afternoon, right before um, church tonight, and I printed this story off. I hadn't, hadn't heard about it, but it didn't take me long to find it. In fact, just, just searched a couple things and, and found this story. Listen to this. This is, from, this is from yesterday, okay? This is from India from yesterday. Um, Christian persecution in the world's largest democracy continues to escalate as India's Christian community prepares for their Christmas holiday. In the last incident of violence, a group of Christians were brutally attacked and beaten by Hindu radicals for singing Christmas carols in uh, Singarini colony of uh, Surinagar in India's southern city of Hyderabad. The incident took place while Pastor Beam Nayak, head pastor of Banjara Baptist Church, and 15 of his church members were singing Christmas carols and visiting with other Christian families in Singarini Colony during the evening hours of December 13th, yesterday, last night. According to the Christian victims, around 30 Hindu radicals participated in the attack on the Christians in a vehicle uh, the Christians had hired for the evening festivities. The attack started when the Hindu radicals surrounded the vehicle and claimed the Christians were attempting to forcefully convert people to Christianity by singing Christmas carols. The radicals then smashed the vehicle's windows and dragged their Christians out into the street where they were beaten severely. Pastor Nyak and four, other, uh, four others were severely injured as the radicals used sticks and clubs to punish their victims for singing Christmas carols. Pastor Nyak, who was, for, who was uh, the focal point for the radicals' rage, collapsed unconscious, covered in blood. When the attack was over, Pastor Nyak was taken to a local clinic where he received first aid. After receiving first aid, doctors referred the pastor to a hospital as, he con- as his condition was critical and in need of greater medical attention. Along with Pastor Nyack, four other Christians were shifted to the hospital for medical attention as well. Pastor Nyack, his wife, and son were among those severely injured and have been referred to an intensive care unit in the hospital in Hyderabad. The radicals who attacked the Christians and accused them of forcibly of forcible conversions brought a media crew to the place where they attacked the Christians to show other communities that caroling will not be tolerated this year. This action has shocked many in the local Christian community. Although this is one of the first attacks on Christians in um, Hyderabad this Christmas season, it is not the first attack on the Christian community of India. Massive reconversion campaigns are taking place all 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 across northern India, and instances of forced conversions and violence against Christian communities has already been reported. On paper, India is is a secular democracy with its constitution guaranteeing the freedom to choose one's religion under Article 25. Despite this, India's Christian community finds itself under increasing attack by Hindu radicals this Christmas season who who claim India is a Hindu nation in which Christianity is foreign and unwelcome. That happened just last night. And I dare say none of us prayed for those people today. And, and, And one reason is because we didn't know about it. Right? One reason is because we, we didn't know about it. But, but what that means is we need, to make, we need to make a bigger effort to know about it. We need to be looking for things like that and, 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 and make ourselves aware of those kind of things. And, and there, there are lots of different ways to do that. There's, there are, um, I just wrote down here a, a few um, a few ways you can do that. My, my classes at school, every day, the beginning of class, not every day, but almost every day, the first thing we do at the beginning of, of all my classes is we go to a website called joshuaproject.net. And Joshua Project has a list of, of all kinds of different people groups that are, that are unreached, have never heard the gospel before. And there's a place where you can just click a button on the website and it says pray for an unreached people group of the day. You click there, it comes up, has like a little thing, it takes maybe five minutes to read through it. And it, it tells you a little bit of, about the people group and tells you how to pray for them. And it gives you like three or four different very specific prayer requests to pray for. It's called Joshua Project. Um, there's another one called, um, called Open Doors. I don't know a whole lot about Open Doors. That's actually where I found this, art, this, this article that I just read. I don't know much about Open Doors. I, I just heard about them maybe for the first time tonight. There's another one called um, Voice of the Martyrs. Voice of the Martyrs is, is a website you can go to. <coughs> but Voice of the Martyrs also, um, they'll email you a, a prayer list, a prayer update sheet. I, I, I forget if it's once a week or maybe just once a month, but they'll send you a, th- a list of things to pray for. The Voice of the Martyrs website is persecution.com or persecution.org. And, and you can sign up for the newsletter and they'll send it to you. They may even send it to you on, on paper if you don't have the internet. If you don't have internet, don't have, don't have computer, there's a really good book called Operation World that you can get, and, and it helps you to, to pray for different countries. And, and it tells you something about some of the countries and, and the different groups that are there and how many, how many people that, that live there, what percentage of them are Christian or not Christian, or, or, and things to pray for them, things like that. But, but Paul calls us here to pray for all believers, he says. We should be praying for one another. We should be using our prayer sheets. That, that, that's great, right? We, we definitely should be doing that. And we should be more, at least I, should be more faithful in doing that. But then he also calls us to pray for, for all believers, for all Christians everywhere, and, and we should be praying for them. We should be praying for these people in India that they that they would that their persecution would stop, that they wouldn't be beaten anymore. But but take the example from Acts. We should be praying above that that you know what if, if even if they keep being beaten, we should be praying for their boldness and we should be praying for their for their um, perseverance in, in the gospel and their and their and, and them standing up for the truth of of who Jesus is. Paul calls us to be praying for, for all the saints, for all believers. He also tells us, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, with all perseverance. I want to read a, another another little story to close. This is from from George Mueller, um, the the same guy, the the pastor who who was um, who had an orphanage in in um, in England in the eighteen hundreds. He says. Um, He says, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down, when I rise up, and the answers are always coming. Thousands and tens of thousands of times have my prayers been answered. Then he says, when once I am persuaded that a thing is right and for the glory of God, I go on praying for it until the answer comes. George Mueller never gives up, he says. And then this is from his his autobiography. He says, I am now in 1864 waiting upon God for certain blessings— for which I have daily besought him for 19 years and 6 months without one day's intermission. Still the full answer is not yet given concerning the conversion of certain individuals. In the meantime, I have received many thousands of answers to prayer. I have also prayed daily without intermission for the conversion of other individuals about 10 years, for others 6 or 7 years, for others 4, 3, and 2 years, for others about 18 months, and still the answer is not yet granted concerning these persons whom I have prayed for uh, for 19 years and six months. And he says, yet I am daily continuing in prayer and expecting the answer. Be encouraged, dear Christian reader, he writes, with fresh earnestness to give yourself to prayer if you can only be sure that you ask for things which are for the glory of God. And, and I ask us, after reading that, I ask us, are there people that, that we've been praying for for 19 years that they would get saved? Are there people we've been praying for 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 seven years or six years, like you said. Are there people we've been praying for for a week without, without stop that they would get saved? Are there people in our families, people in our lives, friends that we have, that, 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 that we say that we would wish so much that they would get saved, and yet we're not praying for them to be saved? It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual battle, and, the, and the, the greatest weapon we have is Prayer. The greatest weapon we have is prayer. The greatest piece of armor we have is prayer. And all the other pieces of armor are are empowered by prayer. All the other pieces of armor find their usefulness through prayer. Find their strength. We find our strength in them through prayer. Are, Are we persevering in that? Are there people that we're praying for? Are there things that we're praying for? Do we get up every day and pray for our pastor and the leaders of our church that they would be strengthened in the gospel and that they would be protected from sin and from temptation? It, it really is a spiritual battle, and, and, and we, we really ought to be doing that. We really ought to. God, Paul calls us to it. He tells us, he tells us to pray at all times, to pray in the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. He tells us to pray in all these different ways with supplications, with all types of prayer and, and, and requests and supplications. He tells us to be watchful, to be earnest, to be alert, to keep alert with all perseverance for all believers. And I wonder if we're doing that. And, and I wonder if the reason we're not doing that is because we haven't realized how serious the battle is and how serious the fight is and how real the spiritual warfare is. And I, I hope that, 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 that this series that, that we've done over the last few weeks um, helps us to see that better. I think it has for me, and, and I hope it has for you all also. Might we be a church that is, that is committed to prayer? Even as we are, we are a, 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 a very much so a praying church. More than, more than a lot of churches. And, we, and we, can be, we can feel good about that. We can be, we can be um, in, 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 some, in, in a good way, we can take some pride in that and, and, and be thankful to the, the, the leadership, the, our pastor and other leaders who have led us in that way. And, and, and yet there's always ways that we can pray better, always ways that we can pray more, but more than that, always ways that we can pray better. Let's be a better praying church. Let's pray tonight. Father God, we are... Um, thankful to you. Father, we are indebted to you. God, we're thankful for your word when it is, um, e- even when it's challenging to us, God, because we find that, that when it's challenging to us, it's also comforting to us. It's also encouraging to us. God, right now I'm at the same time um, upset and, and, and challenged by the fact that I don't pray the way that I should and that I don't, um, that even that I don't pray as faithfully and as, as persistently um, as I should, as I want to. And yet, God, I'm also encouraged and, and, it's, and excited and, and even kind of, kind of pepped up to, to know that, um, that, that you've called me to that and, and that there is fruit in that. And God, I pray right now that you would help me to be more faithful in, in praying for, um, for, for my brothers and sisters here in, at Fairdale, but also around the world. And God, help me to be better at, at praying for them. Not just physical things. God, I, I do want to pray those things. But, but more than that, more than that, Father, help me do that and then, and then help our church do that as well. God, we thank you so much for Christ. God, I thank you that, that, that me being acceptable to you and you being happy with me um, does not depend at all on how good I am at praying and how much I pray and how faithful I am in it. Father, but it all depends on what Christ has done for me and his righteousness that he has earned on my behalf. And, and God, that's even right now, God, that's what I'm resting in. And I pray that would be the case for all of us. And we pray this, this prayer in his name. Amen.